And as we begin, I have a couple of questions for you. And uh, I first heard this question asked uh, from, I think it was Family Life Today, but they asked people, what is the most courageous thing you have ever done? Um, And you think about that. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Most people that they asked kind of had this stumped look on their face. And most people responded by saying, well, I've never really done anything that courageous. And in thinking of the question, maybe you have that same response of, I've, I've never really done anything that I would say is, you know, just real courageous. Um, and then I would ask, what is the most courageous thing that you have done for God? That as a follower of Christ, what is the most courageous thing that you've done in obedience to him? Uh, It may be talking to a family member uh, that about salvation or a neighbor or uh, it may be leading your family in in devotions. Uh, In Joshua chapter one, going to begin reading. Uh, a verse that maybe you have hanging up in your house, but we're going to begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this, this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you um, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you, as the song we just sang, Uh, that you are always the same, that you are perfect in every way, and it is such a a, uh, blessing, such a relief to know that that you are unchanging, that you are dependable. Lord, as we come to your word tonight, I pray that uh, your spirit would be our guide, uh, that you would uh, help us to live courageous lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As you thought of those questions, uh, the the definition in the dictionary for courage is mental or moral strength to persevere, to withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Now, many times we think of courage in the sense of like, well, I'm just not a very courageous person. 
But in, in going with what the true meaning of the word of courage is, uh, courage is doing really what you're afraid to do. So maybe you say, I'm, I just don't have much courage as a person to do, to do this or that. But in reality, you have great opportunity to be courageous because you are so fearful of all these different things. In thinking about courage, I was reminded of an account I had heard, a, a true story of a man named Henry Irwin. And he was uh, in charge of communications on a uh, B-29. And as they were getting ready in 1945, they were uh, getting ready to fly a mission. And his, his airplane was one of the lead planes. Uh, besides uh, doing communication with the other planes that were going uh, to be part of this bombing that was taking place. He was also given the duty of dropping phosphorus smoke bombs. He would drop them down. They would explode to alert the other airplanes where, where to go. He was given his, his uh, task. He was told, okay, start dropping them. And as he went to drop one down the chute, it partially went down the chute and there was a fault with the fuse. And it ended up exploding in the chute and instead of dropping out and exploding, it blew up and blew up in his face and uh, immediately started filling the airplane with smoke. No one could uh, see anything. The plane started to nosedive because the pilot could not see his instrument panel. And having this blow up in his face, he could not hardly see. And he knew immediately that he had to do something or else the entire plane would go down and they would all die. These smoke bombs, when they would explode, the heat coming from them would be they would burn at a temperature of 1300 degrees 1300 degrees this phosphorus bomb was somewhere in this airplane and red as he was known by his by his other uh members of of his team knew he had to do something about it he quickly felt around and discovered where the flare or the phosphorus bomb had landed, he picked it up, 1,300 degrees, and began to make his way to the front of the plane in hopes of being able to open a window in the cockpit and throw it out. As he was on his way, he came to one of the, the tables uh, that another member had been had been at, and he could not get through because this table was blocking his way. He quickly took that, the phosphorus bomb, put it under his arms because he needed two hands to be able to put the table up so he could get through. Put it under his arms. It immediately burned through his clothes and burned down to his bones, to his ribs. And he made it through and ran up to the front of the plane and asked for quickly to open the window and was able to get it out of the airplane and the the smoke started to lift the pilot saw that at this point they were at about 300 feet he pulled up 
and they, they barely survived because of his, this courageous act. You can imagine that he, as soon as he got it out of the plane, he collapsed on the ground. The other men started to take care of him. Um, he was, when they finally got back to base, he was then taken to another hospital. And within hours of all of this happening, he was given the Medal of Honor, uh, one of the fastest ones awarded. And the reason they awarded that was because they wanted to do it so quickly so that he could do it while he was still alive because they thought there's no chance that he's going to make it. After, after more than 30 months in the hospital, and I believe it was 40 surgeries, he survived, he regained uh, part of his eyesight, regained use of one of his arms, and lived uh, until he was in his 80s. But you hear that, that act of courage. Um, I, I read accounts where he quickly prayed before, as he was frantically searching because he knew if he didn't find it that he would, he would die and all of his men would die with him. You think of what he went through, what he sacrificed uh, to survive, but not only himself, but he was thinking of the other men in his plane. And if he had not acted, they would have all perished. When I think of courage, I think of examples like that. And I think, well, I haven't done anything courageous. You think of examples from the Bible of great men of courage, and you think of examples like Noah, that God came to and, and asked him to be part of this plan that seemed absurd to him. But yet Noah says in Genesis that he faithfully obeyed everything that God commanded him to do. You can imagine that he was probably ridiculed uh, during the 120 years that he was building the ark. Um, we, we just can't imagine working on something for that long. You think you have some unfinished projects around your house. Has it been 120 years that you've been working on it? That gives us some hope, doesn't it? You think of examples like Noah. You think of examples like Joseph in the Old Testament that he said, how can I, how can I do this wickedness and sin against God? And because he chose to do what was right, ended up in prison. It took courage to do the right thing. Did he immediately get rewarded for it? No, he did not. He ended up in prison. But yet he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. He did right regardless. We think of David and, and even people that uh, don't know the Bible at all know David and Goliath, you know, the, the greatest upset of all time. But it's not about David and his slingshot abilities. It's about the greatness of God. But yet David had great courage in defending the name of the Lord. We think of ones like Daniel choosing to obey God rather than man took great courage. We think of John the Baptist living his life, not for himself, but for the savior that was coming shortly. And then we think of the greatest example of all of Jesus, where in the garden, he prayed, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Paul Harvey told the story of a man by the name of Ray Blankenship. He was at his home. They had experienced uh, quite a few floods and he was at his home one morning, and as he was looking out, seeing the floodwaters, 
he realized there was a girl floating down the stream. He quickly thought about it and knew that down the line, not very far, there was the water ran into a drainage ditch. And then from there, uh, kept going into the main drain. And he knew if she didn't get saved before that, that she would perish. He quickly ran out of his house, ran down, chasing after the girl, hoping and praying that he would be able to catch up to her in time. He caught up to her, got ahead of her and jumped in, plunged in, found the child, grabbed a hold of her. And with just a few feet to spare before they went down into the into the culvert, his hand felt something, maybe a rock sticking out. But he grabbed onto it and held on for dear life. He thought, if I am just able to hold on just for a few seconds until more help comes, then maybe we can survive. The water was rushing against him, but he was able to not only hold on, but pull himself and the young girl to freedom. The, uh, they both survived, and on uh, April 12, 1989, he was awarded the Coast Guard's Silver Life-Saving Medal. The award was very fitting for a man of his courage that to great risk to himself, jumped in the water to save this young girl. The end of the story, as Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, Ray Blankenship could not swim. But yet he didn't think about that. He showed great courage in here was someone in need. Now we think of here in Joshua, he's... The Lord says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. And if you are paying attention, he reminded of him, him of that multiple times. Be strong and of good courage. Here, here Joshua had just lost, uh, not only his, his leader, uh, but the people's leader, the one that had got, brought them to freedom. Uh, Moses might not have been the perfect leader. Uh, he made mistakes just like any leader does. And here you can imagine the weight, the burden on Joshua's shoulders. But yet the Lord said, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. He didn't say, Joshua, you got this. Uh, I picked you, so you must, you must be ready to handle this. No, he, he told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. I, I told you I would give you the land. It's been promised. Uh, it's, it's done. It's ready for you to claim. If you will lead, if you will obey my word, uh, be strong and of good courage because I am with you. And I think today God is, is telling us, be strong and of good courage. There are so many things, as we talked about, that can get us discouraged. That we look around and uh, in the news you hear of, of shootings that are taking place. You hear of, of lies being told all over. And it's easy to get, man, what is going on? We want, we want our country to, to get back to where it was, to stand for freedom, to be a beacon of light. And it's easy to get discouraged. And I think we need to be reminded that the God that told Joshua, be strong and of good courage, is telling us today in the battles that we're facing, be strong and of good courage. So I want to look, how can we grow our courage? 
Because uh, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's doing the right thing even in the face of great fear. First of all, it starts with knowing that I am forgiven. I cannot have great courage if I don't know, first of all, that my sins are forgiven. In Proverbs 28, verse 1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The peace that that comes from knowing that my sins are forgiven, uh, that knowing that before God, uh, when he looks at me, he no longer sees the sin that I have done, but he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, now there is no there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So that should immediately fill us with great courage. Lord, before I was lost, I was a, a slave to sin, but you have forgiven me. And now I don't need to flee like the wicked do when no one pursues, but I can have the boldness of a lion. Um, in Matthew 9 and verse 2, it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. What did he take courage because, not because you're going to get better, not because of this. Take courage because your sins are forgiven. So if you know tonight that your sins are forgiven, you should be encouraged. Uh, you should be encouraged. And then how to grow our faith. In verse 8 of Joshua 1, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. By meditating on the word of God. Um, I, I read somewhere a definition. They said to meditate is to to chew on the word of God. And that made that made a lot of sense to me. You Something that you enjoy Something that you you love, you want to enjoy it, even though something that you re- taste really good, you end up eating faster. But you're like, I want to slow down. I want to I want to chew on this a little bit longer because it tastes so good. Meditating on the Word of God is to dwell on, to think on, uh, to chew on the Word of God. And here Joshua is reminded. To focus on the word of God, to meditate on it, to dwell on, uh, remembering what God has done. That's why the, the song we were singing, always the same. Because he is always the same, we can look, Lord, as you dealt with Joshua, as you dealt with Noah, as you dealt with Daniel, Lord, you are always the same. You're, you're not different today than you were in the Old Testament, you are the same. And that gives us great courage. Lord, nothing is too hard for you. As you face a task, um, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as they were standing before the king, they said, King, know that our God is able to deliver us. They had all the courage and confidence in God. They said, know that he is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, let it be known that we did not bow down and worship the image. So they said, we know God is able. That might not be in his plan. They didn't have the rest of the story. But know that God is able to deliver us. 
they were filled with complete courage, and we know how that story ended. In Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Do you meditate in the word of God day and night? Is it your delight or is it your, oh, I probably should get in and and study. I probably should get in and meditate. Is it a delight for you? So how to grow your courage by being filled with the spirit. And I would say by uh, walking in the spirit. We know the spirit indwells. Uh, as soon as we believe, um, in Acts chapter 4, as they were preaching and teaching, uh, they were warned not to preach and teach in Jesus' name anymore, and they were then beat and said, okay, no more preaching, and it says they went with, they went with boldness, and in Acts 4 and verse 31 it says, they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with all boldness. So, as they, the Spirit led them, they were filled with courage and boldness to do the right thing. If God has called you to do something, he is going to give you the strength that you need to do it. Now, there may be times where you say, man, I can't do. But are you relying on your own strength? Or do you need to step out in faith and encourage and trust that God is able, that song we sing, more than able? But then uh, grow your courage by trusting the promises of God that he is going to be with you. Trusting God's promise. If you look back in Joshua, he said um, in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And in Hebrews 13 and verse 5 has the same, the, the reference to this, of, so that we may boldly say, uh, we don't need to fear anything because God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we have the same promise given to Joshua. If you had uh, a bodyguard with you at all times, you would probably have more boldness in going wherever you wanted, of, man, I have this guy with me. He'll take care of any troubles that I have. But we have God's promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if God is calling you to that neighbor over there, I want you to go and talk to him about the good news of salvation. Oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. But then to grow our courage by knowing that God is greater. In 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What great comfort and courage that gives us to know that God is greater than any of the evil that is out there that we might be facing and by trusting that God is in control. Um, we referred to Joseph early, earlier. 
what his brothers meant for evil. They thought they were in control at that time. They thought, we finally got rid of this pesk of a brother. Um, and even made a few dollars off of him. This is a winning situation. But he said, you weren't in control. What you thought meant for evil, God was ultimately in control and God meant for good. But then we are encouraged when we understand that God hears my prayers. Psalm 4 and verse 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That not only does God hear your prayer, that God is waiting for you to come. He says, come boldly to his throne. You don't have to, uh, as a child comes to a parent, maybe when they know they can't have some, uh, could I have? They, it's not coming sheepishly to the Lord. We are to come boldly to his throne. We are his, we are his children. We have been adopted into his family. So as we started out tonight, what is it, what courageous thing have you done for the Lord? I don't know what God may be asking you to do. Maybe he has laid someone on your heart. Maybe he is saying, are you meditating on my word? Maybe he is challenging you to step out in faith in one area of your life. But I want to encourage you by this verse of be strong and of good courage. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. As we rest in that, God, whatever you have called me to, you are right there with me. You are giving me the strength that I need. So push the fears aside, saying, God, I'm going to choose to focus on you instead of focusing on these fears that are trying to control me. And when we do that, God's glory will be shown. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this challenge. Lord, we are all in need of, of courage to do the right thing. Uh, maybe it's talking to someone. Maybe it's just the courage to, uh, to break that uh, bondage of sin in our life that we've been struggling with. And Lord, you are with us. We have no excuses why, why we can't get victory. You have given us everything that we need. Lord, I pray that we would be completely surrendered to you and that through each of us here that your glory may be shown, that we would not limit you in any way, that we would not look at our capabilities or limitations, but that we would look at your greatness. And as you have worked in others in the past, that you would work uh, through us, uh, that your name might be praised. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.